Well, good morning. I want to greet everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. Some familiar faces, some faces that may not be quite as familiar, and I might be a familiar face or I might be an unfamiliar face. Um, but we are here to, to look into God's Word this morning, uh, to have God's Holy Spirit in our lives to, to lead us as we go through this. Um, as Matt said, it is the beginning of a new year, and it um, doesn't seem too long that we were looking at 2020, and then we were looking at 2021. Now we have to get used to writing 22 on, on the checks and the dates, and it's just kind of a reminder that life is continuing on. Um, as I preached the, the sermon last time, um, some of these notes are kind of a, a continuation of letting our yes be yes and our no be no, and how do you know the difference? Uh, how do you know when to say no and to draw the, the boundaries? The commitments that we make, um, we only have 24 hours in a day that's available to each one of us. Uh, God gave each one of us the same amount of time. So with that, we are responsible to God for how we use that time and our commitments that we make. We only have, if you kind of look at it, it's almost like a budget. If you have so much money and you spend so much money on one category, well, that's less money you have to spend on something else. It kind of works the same way with your with your time. If you spend a lot of time in your day on one thing, well, you don't have as much time left for something else. So it's kind of just a simple way I have to, to look at things. And you have to, to kind of prioritize um, the different events, different commitments. And as I think of this, um, I kind of got stuck in my in my studying, and I, I was stuck as I think of just the different uh, aspects of life. I want to look at um, our personal worship. I want to look at our occupations. I want to look at the church, the church family, um, our personal families, our fathers, our siblings, our children, grandchildren, if we have, and um, and then, you know, our, our resting, our vacation, um, and our, maybe our hobbies. So, <laughs> kind of steps on some toes. And what I got stuck on was itemizing everything. And number one, you need to do this. Number two, you need to do this. Number three, you need to do this. And as you think down through the list, I soon realized, I don't know if it's the fear of men or not, um, probably not, because we all find ourselves in different places at different times, and, and we're, we're all different. We have different personalities, we're different ages, uh, different stages in, in raising our families. So sometimes, if our family is sick, our family is, takes priority 
overcoming to church. But don't let that be an excuse. Sometimes our occupations, whether you might be a nurse, uh, sometimes at the farm, farming just doesn't go well on a Sunday morning, and you might have to miss church, but don't let that be an excuse all the time. Uh, my boys this morning are doing some, some chores in the chicken house, and uh, anyway, they should have got up probably a little earlier this morning because I, I realize how much time it's going to take. Um, and I think in the back of their mind, they're thinking, oh, they can just skip Sunday school. They, they wouldn't be too impressed if I'm telling you this. But uh, <laughs> as I was studying this morning and, and I gave them a friendly reminder that it's time to get up, I think I heard the alarm go off maybe two or three times whenever they hit the snooze. Um, but priorities, you know, is it a priority uh, to be here? and the different um, responsibilities that we have in life. How do we make the best of the time that God entrusts to us? As I go down through here, there's a lot of different scriptures. And this morning, I don't want you to get lost in, in all the scriptures. I basically want to, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would be able to work um, through us. Each one is facing a different situation. And a lot of this is familiar um, to you, so I'm, I'm not bringing probably a whole lot new out. Uh, but if you want to take notes and, and jot down some references and just listen to the scripture, allow scripture to talk to you, because there is going to be a lot of different scriptures that I bring out. And um, you may get lost if you're trying to find everyone, and then you'll miss actually what I say because you're trying to find the scripture. But feel free to follow along. There's some longer ones that I'll probably have you turn to, but there's a lot of scripture that I'm going to bring out. In 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, it says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ, as the stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful, and I had a woman be found faithful, in that we are stewards of what God has given to us and what God entrusts to us. God gives us guidelines in Scripture to help us find the balance and remind us to keep our focus on where it should be so we don't get distracted. And kind of my thoughts as we are coming into a new year here, just good to be reminded sometimes of, uh, of what Scripture says in these different areas. First one I want to look at is, of course, our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. As our atonement for our sin, and as we think of our commitment to Him, um, and baptism is one of those important steps, important commitments that we make um, as, as Matt had mentioned the opportunity is coming up for an instruction class, and many of you have taken that. The opportunity is going to be there to, um, to go through the classes, and the opportunity is there to be baptized into the church as well. Mark chapter 12, 30 and 31. I'll just read it for you. Mark 12, 30 and 31. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God 
with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. If we think about that, how much is left. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and all thy strength. This is the first commandment, and you see it's an inward, personal commitment we make. The second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And this is an outward expression. There's none other commandment greater than these. As we think of scriptures, we think of some of those priorities. Uh, Matthew 6, 33 is another one. It's talking about worrying, talking about things of life. Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Micah 6.8 is another one that I thought of. Micah 6.8 He hath showed thee, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. To walk humbly with thy God was what stood out there. It's our walk, our daily walk with God, that personal relationship with him. I'm going to be looking at the example of Joseph. And as you think of the life of Joseph, there's many chapters in Genesis that covers the life of Joseph. But I want you to, to at least follow along with me in some of it. In Genesis chapter 39, if you have your Bibles and want to turn there. As we think of Joseph, the situation he was in, I'm going to kind of jump in the middle of the story. Genesis 39, I'm just going to read verses 1 through 12. And as I read this, just think of Joseph. Joseph is away from his family in a situation, um, but Joseph had a, a deep personal relationship with God through this. Genesis 39, verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hand of the Ishmaelites, which he had bought him down, brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And the Lord had made all that he had, sorry, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over, over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. And it came to pass from time, from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat, and Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. 
And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast his eyes upon Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the, in, his, in the house. And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in the house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, and he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about the time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. I'm going to stop reading right there. The purity of Joseph. Nobody knew him, but his integrity was there. How can I do this thing and sin against God? He had that personal relationship with God. I'll turn to another one with me, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, and Proverbs is filled with practical instruction. Proverbs 4, I'm just going to read 20 through 27. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. My son, attend to my words, Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Just a practical scripture there. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That pure relationship with God in our personal lives. In 1 Corinthians 6, 13 through 20, I'm not going to take the time to read that, but 1 Corinthians 6, 13 through 20, talks about your body being a temple of the Holy Spirit. And we're to glorify God in our body and in our spirit. And it said, which belong to God. We are God's stewards. Our bodies are also God's. So let us be pure with that. And Romans 12:1, familiar verse. Romans 12:1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you pre present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So as we think of priorities, we think of commitments, how does it affect our relationship with God? And that time that we spend 
with God should be precious to each one of us. What about our occupations? And this is where you know, we can go many different ways. Occupations that glorify God as different situations come up, different opportunities that we have. Does it make a difference where we work, how much we work, um, how much devotion we put into our work? And it does. Work is necessary, uh, but it's not expected to be our main focus in life. Yes, we do need money. In Titus 3.14, just a simple verse, Titus 3.14, And let us also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses. We are to work and learn to maintain good works for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful. For the NIV there says unproductive. So we are to work. We are to provide for our families, for ourselves. And Joseph, as we read in those scriptures, um, was very faithful, very diligent. And Potiphar was blessed because of that. Romans 12:11 talks about being not slothful in business. Let's do our best because uh, we are a witness in our jobs. 1 Corinthians 10:31 says whether you eat or whether you drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So this is our integrity. Let us do our best. With that, um, there's some caution to what we do in our jobs. Um, are we allowed to work at a bar? Good say, well, no. Um, what about a place that sells tobacco? What about a place that serves alcohol? And any more of those, um, those are coming more and more into grocery stores, into convenience stores. Um, so we, as a living example, uh, we are not to, to participate in those things. Since the production and use of alcohol and tobacco seriously affects our Christian witness and has harmful effects on the body, members are asked to abstain from the manufacturing, distribution, or use of either one of those. So I didn't know if you are aware of that. It is in our, our discipline. So if we are called to, to work, say even at a convenience store, then you are a clerk and you need to reach back and, and sell a pack of cigarettes. Um, many more convenience stores would sell, sell liquor. Someone would bring that up and then you're providing the liquor to someone. So those commitments, uh, those decisions that we make in our, in our jobs uh, do affect our witness, do affect our, our lifestyles. Of course, we're probably familiar with Titus 2.5. It says, wives should be keepers at home, obedience to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And there's a lot in there. But there is a blessing in, in having um, our ladies, our sisters at home and training the children with the help of the fathers. And I'll get into that a little bit later. So as we think of our occupations, we think about what we commit to. Let's do our best, but let's consider what we do. Third one I want to look at is the relationship 
with the church and the church family. So as we um, basically have a relationship with God, the church goes right with us. Um, as we see in Acts chapter 2, the early church, I'm not going to take the time to read that, but they worshipped in one accord. Um, they were adding to the church daily. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking bread and, and prayers, and this was a very precious thing, and it was growing. They, they had uh, the, the enthusiasm. This was real in their lives, and church was very much a part of their daily lives. Psalm 27, verse 4, David writing, One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, and you could probably all finish it, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. And this is something that we lay aside, of course, the you know, Sunday, the Sabbath day for that. And we take the time to worship. We take the time to make it a priority in our lives. And this doesn't just stop Sunday mornings. Um, this goes Sunday evenings, Wednesday evenings. Uh, as a brother or sister might have a need, it takes time. It takes commitment. Um, let us make that a priority in our lives. Uh, to just to continue to build up the church, to encourage each other, and to take our places. We all have different responsibilities uh, in church. Um, let us be faithful in those responsibilities. As we think of just relating with our brothers and sisters, there's many scriptures we can go to with that. I'll just highlight one of those. Galatians 6, 9 and 10. Galatians 6, 9, and 10, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Ephesians 4 talks about bringing our different gifts and different responsibilities into the body to, to build the body up and, and just to... Um, to make the increase of the body unto the edifying of oneself and to, to others. Like I said, these basically different aspects, you could really go in deeper. I'm just kind of covering a broad spectrum um, just to get us to, to think and to, to remind us again of the priorities there. Fourth thing there, maintaining good relationships with our parents and with our siblings. And I had to think of how to bring this um, yeah, closer home. In um, Joseph's life, I'm, yeah, I just don't have the time to, to read that, but Genesis there where we had started, Joseph basically would have taken the time to to feed his family even though his family did not treat him well even though i think joseph probably disagreed with a lot of the things his family did 
but when his family got together, Joseph was a blessing to his family. Joseph then brought them down into Egypt, provided for them, and even at the end of his dad's life, Joseph was willing to, to take the time to give his dad a proper burial. And Joseph, I'm sure, was a very, very, very busy man and had very, very, very many responsibilities in his life, but he was willing to take the time to help his brothers, his family, and he felt that responsibility. And yeah, there's about 13 chapters there if you want to take the time to read it. It is a, a true blessing. Adam Clark, uh, just a few comments from him. As we think of our parents, as we think of our, our siblings, and maybe some of you aren't in this stage of life yet, others are. Um, some of our parents passed away. Some of our parents may have been struggling with, um, just with, yeah, being sick. And, and how, do you, how do you deal with that? Uh, what is our responsibilities there? Adam Clark wrote, for a considerable time, parents stand, as it were, in the place of God to their children. His children are very, very, very young. Parents stand, as it were, in the place of God to their children. And therefore, rebellion against their lawful commands has been considered as rebellion against God. We can suppose that a man honors his parents, who when they fall weak, blind, or sick, exerts himself to the uttermost in their support. In such cases, God as truly requires the children to provide for their parents, as he required the parents to feed, nourish, support, instruct, and defend the children when they were in their lowest state of helpless infancy. So here, just as the parents provide for children, newborns um, we do have a responsibility to care for our parents on the other side of the spectrum and this basically is honor your father and mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee that the days may be prolonged that it may go well with thee in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee the peace that that brings to the peaceful family relationships even though you don't always see eye to eye there should be a priority there to work together and to uh, respect each other the rebellion in today's age against parents and society um, is phenomenal uh, just the needs that are out there and we um, talk to to Baldy o boys camp and allegheny and and just the different juvenile detention centers um, it is something that yeah, we as a society do deal with and the influences that are out there. But do we as Mennonites struggle with disrespecting our, our parents? Um, my parents did not take the same path that, that I took. Yes, they are Christian. I would say they're Christian, but they're not conservative Christian. Um, do I see things differently than they do? On some issues, I do. But there is still that mutual respect. I will, I'm committed to, to caring for my parents. It really gets tough 
when you come down to, to I don't have any brothers, but sisters, sister makes a decision to um, get divorced and get remarried. That's a tough one, but we, as a family, don't always see eye to eye, but we are committed to love each other, to respect each other, um, just some different things, different personal things uh, that we, we have faced. With this, um, if you get married, you soon realize that um, your in-laws also come along with it. You sometimes don't always think about that when you're dating, but after you're, you're married, um, the in-laws kind of come along with it. Do you get along with, with the in-laws? Do you find your, you and your wife kind of talking about differences, even in front of the children? What does this convey about honoring your father and your mother? Uh, this past summer, it's just a personal experience, not lifting myself up, but I did find um, my, well, a year ago, my father-in-law passed away, and that does bring a whole other set of, of needs within a mother-in-law. And um, this past summer, there was a, a funeral, a viewing and a funeral that uh, my neighbor, I knew he lost his wife, and Charity was away at the time. And um, Charity called me and said, my mom would really like to go to this viewing and funeral. Um, and because it was a neighbor, we had discussed about going, but it didn't work out for Charity to go along. So I went with my mother-in-law, and hand in hand, <laughs> felt a little strange. We walked in through the, the viewing. Uh, we went to the funeral, went to the graveside, but I treasure those moments. I really do. I couldn't have said when I was dating Charity that it would come to that point. Um, but do we honor our parents? Um, anyway, I'm not, not saying that to lift myself up. Charity and I, anyway, <laughs> we don't always see eye to eye <laughs> with mother-in-law and mother-in-laws have that. Um, that kind of claws out there but I do appreciate my mother-in-law and it is a tough uh, it's a tough journey when you lose your spouse moving on a relationship with the community a relationship with our neighbors as we think of time as we think of commitments um, I'm not going to take the time to read it I probably should but Matthew chapter 25 verses 34 through 46 talks about the parable of the sheep and the goats and and doing things and, and and by doing things this is not where our salvation is but as Jesus Christ has basically provided for us out of love we do things for others we would yeah, uh, you could probably name the, the things in there better than I can. We, we, we do take care of the poor. We feed them, we clothe them. We, you know, the needs that are out there do take a lot of time, and I they could give you some examples there as well. And Charity and I have come to the point sometimes of, of really 
battling with this, how much time do we spend with someone that is really, really, really needy in the community? Um, and sometimes we, we did limit our time. We, we gave uh, this person a certain amount of time and yeah, there was a, an agreement there that this is what we could do for them. So we did not ignore it. Um, we helped as much as we can, but there's sometimes a, a difference between um, helping someone out and walking with them and then helping them to see the error of their ways or just enabling them by just continuing to give and to give and to give. And there is needy people out there that uh, could take advantage of us. It's not an excuse not to do anything, um, but just when you give, uh, don't just enable them to continue into their, into their habits. So our relationship with the community, with the neighbors, remember that second greatest commandment, uh, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, and that is a commandment. Don't consume all your time on yourself. Uh, it does all of us some good to get out of our comfort zone to help others. And I believe a lot of you are doing that. Um, I was blessed to hear about a, a wood cutting project that is coming up. And that is, that's all part of it. And I, and I yeah, hesitate even looking at the sister's side, but it is, it is a need. And um, we do wanna bless you for that. And I say we, uh, you as a church are blessing. And it's reaching out and, and let's even take our children along so they can see that. Um, and it, yeah, just a, a tremendous blessing as God has blessed us. Let us reach out and bless others. Our relationship with um, our spouses, our relationship with our children, our relationship with our grandchildren take a lot of time. And, and like I said, we're in different stages of life, but where God has you right now, um, basically be diligent where you're at. So many times we hear of people that you know, look at the stages of life and if you're here and you have little ones and then you can look at myself and, and our youngest is 15 and then the youth group and, and you know, New Year's Eve, my wife and I were home alone and you could think, well, that's gonna be great. Um, you know, once you had this time alone, but you can't go back and, and redo those years. Enjoy the children that you have and the opportunities that we have. Um, like I said, there's a lot more that, that could be said with that, but we do have a tremendous responsibility to raise our children, even the influence, the grandchildren. Um, the last one I have there, and there might be more that you thought about as we go down through uh, personal hobbies, recreation, um, sleep. <laughs> How much sleep do you need? How much sleep do you get? Um, this is all taking into the 24 hours that we have. I will read for you. It is important to get your rest. Um, in Ecclesiastes 5, 18 through 20. Again, I'll just take the time to read it. This is what I have observed to be good. And this is Solomon writing. 
that it is appropriate for a person to know. Yes, this is Psalm. This is what I observe to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, to find satisfaction in the toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them. For this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is the gift of God. This is the gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. And if you think you're busy, um, maybe that's just God's way of occupying you with the gladness of heart in the stages that you're in. I believe that's in the New International Version there. And Jesus, um, basically in Mark chapter 6, they were busy, and the apostles were busy, and, and basically Jesus took some time and told the disciples to come apart and rest a while just to refresh their soul. And that is hard to do. I do not have the answer for that. Uh, I know us as a ministry discuss as far as when do we get a break. Um, things just keep on rolling and keep on rolling. And... Um, you know, it was suggested, you know, maybe we could just go to Minister's Week for a whole week and then just devote that time to studying, and that is good. Um, but if we don't intentionally make it happen, it doesn't usually happen. Um, the SMBI is a good place. You know, they recommend ministers to go for six weeks. Six weeks? How do you go six weeks? Um, I don't know how... <laughs> don't know how to get there it would be good to do that uh, but we do need time to step back to refresh our souls as we think of possibly how we use our time and like I said we're all in different degrees of life um, just was challenged with the use of, of screen time and if you really do the math, sometimes uh, take, if you have the number of hours per week uh, you use on your screen time, um, take that times 52 weeks in a year. And if you use 20 hours a week, which might seem a lot, but it's pretty easy to get there um, on media, times 52 weeks in a year, you spend over a thousand hours a year looking at your phone that's uh, 130 eight-hour days so if someone comes to you and says can you give me a little bit of time um, shouldn't take real long maybe it might take a day can we give up maybe a little bit of screen time to do that even if we cut that time in half have 10 hours of screen time a week that's 65 eight-hour days what do we do with our time and that's time that we can't get back so how are we using our time like I said this is kind of an overview um, but in Psalm 90 verse 12 Moses wrote and Moses has a lot of wisdom he wrote teach us to number our days teach us to number our days and 
if we don't sometimes stop and just consider these things, um, where our priorities are, how we use our time, oftentimes the day, the weeks, the years go by so quickly, we find ourselves at 2023 and we look back and say, where did the time go? Um, can we take the time to, to analyze, maybe to make some changes in our lives if the Holy Spirit is asking you to do that, um, to do that, just to, to basically make that commitment to God to make some of these priorities priority. Um, so that's just kind of my, my challenge. That is what I've been challenged with uh, studying into the lesson here this morning. Like I said, there's a lot more scriptures you could get into, but the, the, just the life of Joseph there uh, challenged me tremendously as I was studying through that. Let's all uh, stand 